Dior Talks. The Femme case uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, not only one way. That is very important for me. It's also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. In this week's episode, I meet Jeanette Beckman, a British photographer who started her career photographing punks, mods and skinheads in the UK, including The Clash, The Sex Pistols, Paul Weller and Boy George. Then she moved to New York and captured the halcyon days of hip-hop in the US, taking portraits of everyone from Run DMC and the Beastie Boys to Della Soul and A Tribe Called Quest. She's remained a fervent chronicler of subcultures and youth for more than three decades, and I can't wait to find out what was going on behind the pictures. I'm Charlotte Jansen. I'm a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. You are in New York right now, um, where you've lived for a very long time now. Do you feel like a, a New Yorker? I have to say I do at this point, but, you know, I still have my British accent and people still stop me in the supermarket and say they love my accent, so there's no getting away with the Britishness. Uh, but I do feel like a New Yorker. I've always loved that when you go to America as a British person and, you know, they fawn over your accent and then you kind of ham it up. I don't know if you still do that after 30 odd years living there. But I mean, did that actually help you in the beginning in a way being, um, you know, being British? Like, did people kind of, you know, was that something? Because I imagine in the 80s there weren't that many Brits as perhaps there are now that were living in New York full time or, I mean, I don't know. It was enormously helpful in retrospect. I mean, at the time I was just living, you know, going as as I do, just walking through life being me. But it look in retrospect, it was enormously helpful. And especially when I was shooting hip hop and going to the Bronx and, you know, far flung boroughs in Brooklyn, because I was meeting people who m- maybe I was the first British person they'd ever met, which was incredible. Wow. So they would be like, yeah, you ain't from here. And I'd be like, no, I'm from <laughs> England. And they'd go, is that near France? And I'd go, yeah. I mean, because people <laughs> didn't have money. They couldn't travel. No. And Different it times. was very, very helpful being a woman, I have to say. Really? You know, because I was sort of a non-threatening alien, really. <laughs> It was rare, I think, just to see, well, a young woman from another country wandering around in the Bronx with, you know, a camera. People were very open and very friendly to me. And, you know, they would ask me about where I came from. And then I would have, you know, an entree into their lives to say, well, you know, tell me about the Bronx. And that's how I'd build relationships. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think there's especially now this big question and it's become increasingly so, I guess, over the, the last couple of decades about, um, you know, being an outsider um, and coming in and photographing things that you're not necessarily part of or belonging to. But actually, in reality, when it's individuals, that's usually quite an, you know, enriching exchange, you know, on both sides. And the camera is sort of a way to allow those conversations and those meetings to happen in a way. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's all this talk now of appropriation and how did you feel as a white person or how did you feel as a woman? Yeah. But honestly, you know, I came from the punk era. 
you know, and I, I grew up in London and that was, you know, part of my thing. I grew up with all of that stuff. And I, I was living in Streatham in London. I mean, I was right near Brixton. I wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. I just walked my walk. And there's something about walking into a situation with a camera. I was a sort of very shy person growing up. It gives you mm. an entree into people's lives. Let's start, you know, at the beginning. So you studied photography in London and it was the 1970s. And then um, from there you started kind of working for... Um, some music magazines quite quite soon after you graduated what attracted you to the medium of photography in the first place why did you you know because as we mentioned there weren't that many women doing photography you know especially not commercial photography what kind of ideas did you have about it why did you what made you want to go and study it uh I grew up in north London and my mom was really into art and we used to go to painting classes together once a week and I always knew I wanted to be an artist of some sort. And honestly, you know, I grew up going to the National Portrait Gallery and the Victorian Albert, and we went to France a lot. We were always looking at art and going to museums. And I went to St. Martin's for uh, my pre-dip, and I wanted to be a painter, and David Hockney was huge at the time. I wanted to be able to draw like David Hockney and do portraits because I was always fascinated by people's faces. But for some reason, I just wasn't a great drawer. I just wasn't good enough in my view. And then I thought, maybe I'll take photos. So I went to uh, the LLC, which was the London College of Printing at the time, to study photography. And there were only two women on the course, three women, sorry, including me. And, And I started doing this portrait series where I would go to this particular block of flats that was from the 1930s and knock on people's doors and go, hi, I'm a student. Could I take a picture of you in your living room? And most people let me. And it was kind of amazing. I really wish I knew where those photos were now. But, um, you know, so I did that. And then I was sort of fascinated by circuses and um, little beach communities. I would just travel everywhere. I just started doing my own projects, but I was working all the time. And, Hmm. you know, in the end, I graduated and, you know, I came out just as punk was starting and it was happening all around. And one day I walked into Sounds, which was a weekly music paper with my portfolio, which actually didn't have one single portrait of a musician in it. And I met this woman, (laughs) Vivian Goldman, who's a famous writer still by now, was actually still very close and she's like, oh, yeah, I like your photos. Uh, do you want to go and photograph Susie and the Banshees tonight? They're playing at the Roundhouse. And, you know, I had no idea how to shoot a live photo, but I went. I figured it out. I came back the next day. I had a little dark room actually on Neal Street in Covent Garden. You know, I went to the concert, wow. ran back to my dark room, developed the film, made the prints came back with the prince in hand the next day and she's like, oh, these are great. And she gave me another job. And that's pretty much how I got into photographing musicians. Wow. So you kind of just fell into it. And it's interesting that you um, got your first kind of in, I guess, from a woman as well. Like that's not, I think that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. No. And there weren't that many women working on those music papers either because after that, Vivian and I both went to work about six months later for Melody Maker. And yeah, there was one other woman working on the paper and stuff, and that was it. And yeah, it was rare, but it was so exciting because 
you know, they, uh, they're the chief photographer at Melody Maker, this guy, Tommy Sheehan, really loved rock and roll. So he, you know, the, the trip to Texas to photograph Led Zeppelin, that was Tommy who's going to do it, leaving all the punk things and the soul things that I love for me. So that was great. And there was no supervision. I mean, you just went, you have to get, you know, we're doing a cover story, so you've got to get your cover portrait, live pictures, portraits of each member of the band. You have to, you know, it was a real learning curve. I had to actually tell the story of being on the road with a band. Yeah. And there's always a lot of downtime. So I then was photographing, you know, the fans because I was always obsessed with what people were wearing. I mean, that's something, yeah, that we, I mean, we'll come on to that, but you can very clearly see that interest in your pictures as well and like the, the fashions and the changing fashions and just the way people use their clothes in this kind of very um, performative but also very kind of expressive and political way almost um and so how many bands did you tour with who did you mention the undertones who what else were some of your kind of I guess standout memories from that that period oh, wow a lot I mean I went on the road with um Earth Wind and Fire with Vivian I think we went wow. to Holland which was pretty incredible um I went on the road a little bit with Haircut 100 remember them they had that incredible hit love plus one and they were like oh, the yeah. ultimate boy band they were so cute it was great and uh, you know I went on the road with a lot of bands and it was always fun oh I the specials I went on the seaside tour with the specials and that was amazing we went I can't remember where we went somewhere like Southampton or somewhere and you know, hanging out with them. I was a huge two-tone fan. That was yeah. really good. And I mean, the other amazing thing about that time, um, you know, which I think is quite sad in a way because it's, will never be like that again is there were no there were no iphones there were no smartphones and people you know like you said about the lighters there were people with lighters and not trying to video and film obsessively every single thing and then your photographs were the kind of official record of of those of those concerts that people that weren't there or you know fans could i guess get the atmosphere through through those pictures but there was only that there's not sort of thousands of amateur videos floating around online and just also you know being in the moment when you're in the gig that's absolutely right I know because now when you go to concerts everybody's filming that you wonder what they're going to do I went to see Stevie Wonder a couple of years ago and everybody had their phones up filming the whole concert I mean it, it was just a sea of phones and they're not yeah. even experiencing the concert they're ex no. they're busy experiencing it through their phone which is a real shame they're missing out yeah and we're so obsessed with documenting you know that that there's that impulse to just like this is a special moment that's happening I need to sort of you know like immortalize it and and collect it before it's even actually you know I've allowed it to even sort of happen um yeah I mean I guess people are much more conscious now about photography and how it's used and you know they want to control their image and their image is their brand and I guess in the, in the days that you started you know photographing some of these iconic musicians um there was much more trust in, you know, in photographers and in photography and because they, they couldn't see those pictures you were taking of them either. So they had to be, I guess, very, you know, happy, comfortable with you taking their picture. That's absolutely right. And there wasn't that standard that there is now due to, you know, selfies and Photoshop that everything has to look, you have to look perfect the whole time. And when I came to New York, 
I was expecting to get a lot of work for record companies. You know, I had The Clash, The Police, Boy George, all these icons, and nobody would hire me because they said my work was too gritty. And, you know, you could see people's spots and the hair wasn't combed. And, you know, the way they did it here was all, you know, they had airbrushing. And then eventually, it, you know, there was like, well, there's this new hip hop thing going on and there's this band, you know, the Fearless Four. You could go and photograph them. So I did that and, you know, I found my spot. You photographed punk, you know, it's at absolute peak. You photographed like the Sex Pistols, the Clash that you mentioned, some incredible people. Um, and then you arrive in America in, I think, was it 83 that you came to New York? Yeah. What made you stay? Well, I had seen a hip hop concert, the first ever hip hop concert to come to Europe, um, just a few months previous. So just at the end of 82. And I was so blown away by the energy of it. And I'd gone to the hotel where they were staying and they were just, these people just looked so different from the kind of dreary sort of miserable punks. They had all this energy and I was running around photographing everybody. And that day I actually photographed, you know, some of the icons of hip hop, though I didn't know that they were back then. So, you know, it was Africa Bambata and Fab Five Freddy and Ramel Z and, Futura, Dondi, the Rocksteady crew. You know, a couple of months later, I came to New York and everything, you know, you get off the train and there's kid breakdancing on the street on a piece of cardboard and, you know, there's another kid walking along with a boombox. I was like, this is so exciting and different. So I just ended up staying. I think I was kind of seduced by the vibe. But it was also very... Even though it was different, it was very familiar to me because, as you mentioned earlier, the politics and the state of the economy here, you know, New York was broke at that time. And, you know, I'd just yeah. come from London, which was also broke. You know, kids had no future. They, there were no jobs. And people in those dire circumstances are really inventive and they start, you know, making things up as they go along in a way, you know, you know, I mean, Dapper Dan, for instance, the guy that closed hip hop, incredible example of that because everybody wanted to look good and wear Gucci, but they couldn't afford it. So he just started printing his own Gucci fabric up in Harlem and making clothes. I think it was the energy of New York that really attracted me. Do you remember who first person that was that you shot? Um, you know, in a for a commission. I photographed so many, but one thing the British music papers, The Face and Melody Maker, knew I was here, which was great. So they would call up and say, "Go take a picture of Africa Bambata in the Bronx." So I would just get on the train with my camera, go find him, and take pictures. Or you know, I photographed uh, Run DMC in 1984, which is extremely early, and. Basically, um, the face had called me and said, there's this group run DMC, here's a phone number, and it turned out to be Jam Master Jay's mom's house. So I call up and I'm going, I'm a British photographer, and blah, blah, blah. And she puts him on the phone and he's just like, meet me by the subway station next week. And so we meet and he walked me down the street and there's the band hanging out. And, you know, I think you probably know that photo. They're just hanging yeah. out on the street where they live. I take the picture and I'm 
using a Hasselblad, which is a sort of slow way to work as well. And, uh, you know, that's, I photographed the first picture of LL Cool J, his first press picture, shall we say. And, wow. you know, all these years later, we're talking about working on this project he has for Rock the Bells. I'm really excited. And he's still, you know, he's still using that picture. That's still the pic, the LL picture. Yep. And you've kept in touch, like... Yeah, I mean, on and off, you know, we've just bumped into each other because of hip hop and hip hop is a great community. The power of like photography to connect people and also that, you know, the role you've played in shaping some of their careers because, you know, capturing their look and their style and their kind of pose, you know, kind of helping them define themselves early on in their career. And those pictures then kind of help them, you know, launch their careers in a way. It's almost as important as, you know, the first album cover or the, you know, what's on the music itself. Um, it becomes a really important piece of the of the puzzle, I guess. I think it does, and it's history. And I uh, I always like people to pose themselves. So you know, when LL walks in my studio with a boombox, I've got the lights set up. I'm ready to go. We're chatting, and then I'm like, I've got a little spot marked out for him to stand. And stand here, he stands there. He puts the boombox on his shoulder, and I take the picture. You know, I think that's an important part. I sort of feel like. I classify myself as a documentary portrait photographer. I'm more like, let's get together and see, get to know each other and see, you know, what comes of it. <laughs> I wanted to to come on a bit to the work that you've um, shot for Dior for the magazine um, in 2019. You did a shoot inspired by Teddy Girls. Um, and I can see, you know, I can definitely, it's, it's definitely very much distinctive of your work that that shoot I, I think like looking at you know portraits of like that gangster um portrait in the street or some of your earlier punk photos taken on the streets of London that's always been a kind of I guess a motif um through your work you know these kind of urban contexts and very like natural can you tell me about the what was the concept for that shoot that you did for Dior magazine and kind of how it was how it came together and how you kind of captured that same spontaneous kind of street feel but whilst you know having this very like high fashion outfits well I think um Maria Grazia and Fabian had come up with this concept and I was this is the second shoot I'd done for Dior's I was really excited basically I think the idea was that she wanted the models exactly to kind of look like teddy girls or like you know punks back in the day and all the uh, visual inspiration the mood boards were pretty much all my photos which is very exciting for me oh. so I went to London I've been used to all my life wandering wandering around the streets with a band just me or maybe me and an assistant you know this time I had a crew I looked around on the actual shoot there were like 30 people there <laughs> Wow. They're all there waiting for me to take this shot. It was somewhat intimidating. Yeah, the concept was to keep it gritty and put these really beautiful models and these amazing clothes in a kind of gritty situation. And, you know, I'm a huge Dior fan. And the clothes yeah. are just so beautiful. And the fact that she had a lot of plaid 
and, you know, Tartan to us, Plaid to America. It was so perfect. So it seemed to all in my head, it just kind of synced somehow. It was the perfect, it was the perfect storm. It just worked perfectly. And, uh, you know, we just shot against all these different walls and it was, it was a pretty amazing experience. And, I felt like I had incredible support from everybody. And I think it was at the end of the first day, we were all sitting in, you know, in the cafe there on Spring Street Studios and looking at the pictures. And Fabian seemed very happy. And Maria came by and just said, I love everything that you're doing. I was like, oh my God, that just made me so happy, you know. That's the stump, that's the cherry on top, yeah. That is the cherry on top. Just like, thank you. You know, because she's an amazing woman, and what she's done for that brand is really incredible. I agree, and I mean, even bringing you in, you know, that was such a specific project with such a, you know, um, precise vision. So to bring you in, you know, the perfect photographer to shoot that. I think, you know, shows like she's got such a really deep engagement with photography and kind of what it means and what you know the different histories and experience that people from different fields and different areas of photography. Because you know, you've said you're a documentary. Photographer, but you know you've come from a hip hop and music background, and you've always done things in a very kind of DIY, you know, like you said, um, way. So I think that that just she, she obviously has such a you know talent and and, and great vision. For- great vision, yeah. Because there's so many fashion photographers. I mean, there's a million and one fashion photographers, and I'm not. I would not classify myself as a fashion photographer, and yet... She obviously wanted something different, you know, not the typical kind of fashion. Well, I think she's really a feminist, right? And she really, you know, is about showing women as women, not as the sort of plastic fashion model, and Mm -hmm. that is very important to her, it seems. So for me, I mean, it was a perfect shoot. I was, like, thrilled to do it. I really, I really loved doing it. And you mentioned before, you know, about Maria Grazia's kind of feminism. And I mean, how important is that to you and your vision? You know, what, what about this idea of the, of the female gaze? Is that something that means something to you that you kind of apply to your work in any way? Or is it something that you, you know, you're not really thinking about that much? Well, it's come up a lot recently. I never thought of myself as a woman photographer going into a man's world or a woman photographer doing this, that and the other. But you know, as I said to you before, in retrospect, now I'm thinking about it, being a woman has been enormously helpful. And how is it then when you photograph other women? Because, I mean, to come back to Maria, Maria Grazia again, you took this amazing portrait of her, which I really love. It's like there's so much warmth in that picture of her. She's kind of also standing in front of a wall, I remember, and she's got her arms full, but she's, you know, she um, is just kind of smiling, laughing in the picture. Um, do you feel there's kind of a special exchange when you photograph other women? Like I was thinking also about this, you've got this amazing, really compelling image of a group of um, women rappers um, that I think you t- you took in the 80s as well in, in New York. Is there, you know, do you like photographing women? Do you feel different when you photograph women? Do they respond differently to you as a woman? Is there some kind of special synergy there? Well, I think... I'm glad you like that picture of Maria Grazia. And that was basically, I kept asking if I could do a portrait of her. And, you know, she was super busy. I mean, this was her first collection, but I thought it was important. And, it, you know, they were like, well, you could have five minutes. So I had found this spot and 
we went outside and, you know, I had to get to know her in two minutes and take the picture. So it's hard, but she's an amazing person and she has this incredible energy to her. I can only describe it as energy. And yeah, I love photographing women. I photographed a lot of women. I used to um, work for Glamour magazine. They had this Glamour Woman of the Year thing. And it was fabulous. You know, you just, it's a, it's maybe a different type of bond. It's maybe a closer bond, perhaps. People want to look good. Like, I remember I was photographing mm-hmm. Madeleine Albright at the UN and she was very concerned about her brooch and her scarf. And we had a hair and makeup person there. And, you know, you want to make the person feel comfortable. I mean, I'm looking yeah, and right. in the UN with the Secretary of State, for heaven's sakes. Tell me about, can we talk for a second about Salt and Pepper, who you also photographed, kind of at a really important moment as well in their career? I mean, I feel like Salt and Pepper, you know, were the first women to really step up to the boys and, you know, talk about sex to the boys. They have that song, Let's Talk About Sex. It was just really fun. We had such a fun day and I took some great pictures. And then they said, well, we've got a record coming out. Would you be our photographer? And I was like, sure, why not? I got to shoot their first record cover and then I shot a bunch of other ones for them. Um, Ending up like in late 1987 shooting that by now, I have to say, legendary shot of salt and pepper wearing these incredible jackets. And it's only recently that I found out that those jackets were actually made by the legendary Dapper Dan. Wow. Um, And I guess all those things, you know, like you were saying, what your skill is kind of, you know, putting people at ease and, and kind of letting them feel comfortable in their own skin, you know, in front of the camera. And I guess that really comes into play when you're, for example, you were going behind the scenes at the Dior um, show and shooting in this incredibly intense, I imagine, hectic, um, stressful moment. And you're there, you know, trying to take pictures. How, how was that? How did your kind of skill set serve you then? And, and how was that experience kind of shooting behind the scenes? I go to Paris you know, they say, well, you, ha- uh, you have a meeting in uh, half an hour with Maria Grazia. I'm already somewhat intimidated because we hadn't really decided what I was going to do. So I'm sitting opposite Maria and she's like, oh, so um, what, what do you want to do while you're here? And I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. So I said, well, I would just, I want to photograph everything that goes into making, you know, your beautiful clothes from nuts to bolts. And I want to document it like I'm documenting backstage at a punk concert. And that seemed to go down well. And then I said, I want to do everything in black and white. And she was like, okay, you know, and they gave me carte blanche. I could go anywhere I wanted. So I had never been at a show like this before. So the, the day of the show, I could photograph rehearsals, the models, the models getting their hair and makeup done. I mean, it was an incredible scene. I, I can't even say it was so intense. And I think this was Maria's first show for Dior. So it must have been so intense for her. And I'm definitely, yeah, big moment. I want to get pictures of her, but I don't want to intrude because, you know, I'm also very respectful. I just want to be, as I said to her, fly on the wall. So it was an incredible experience. Yeah. 
what I really love is you, yeah, your your ability to kind of capture the whole ecosystem. You know, like you said, to look at everyone and everything that goes into a show like that, and not just the kind of obvious kind of protagonists, but you've got everyone all together. And and that, you know, I think that's why this is such a genius kind of collaboration in ways. It's bringing together this like, you know, it's making it accessible and saying, you know, deconstructing what what kind of fashion means. And I think that's the kind of subtle female gaze on this is that you know showing that this is not just the kind of perfected finished you know finesse of the catwalk that there's all these other kind of elements and all these other people and all this teamwork that goes into it and you're kind of showing that like you know the skeleton of it in a way absolutely and honestly I mean I've photographed a lot of you know in parentheses celebrities over the years obviously but I, I'm not really interested in celebrities I'm much more interested in you know the tailor that's been working there for you know 50 years and is like doing this exquisite embroidery you know all of that stuff that goes into making that beautiful dress walking down the catwalk on this perfect person it's very intense it's very intense what inspires you what is it that kind of really I guess you're looking for when you're photographing I I think I've well I'm very attracted to people and I've always been inspired by rebel culture people doing things out of the box and you know we were just shooting people a lot of people from back in the day people who ran clubs we shot method man from the Wu-Tang Clan you know all of these people have made lives walking their own walk and being passionate about what they do. And that I find very inspiring. So, And um, do you have a favorite photographer? A photographer I really admire is Martha Cooper. And she was documenting all the graffiti artists and the breakdance scene at the same time as I was taking all those hip-hop pictures. We've become, recently we've become really good friends. And, you know, as two women photographers in hip-hop, I mean, it's pretty rare actually in hip hop culture and working in that niche as you say it's a special niche because there just weren't that many women you know especially graffiti so I'm a huge fan of her and of course Mary Ellen Mark because she documented a lot of youth culture and I'm a big fan of the very early Annie Leibovitz pictures Mm -hmm. you know the the black and white ones that she took for early Rolling Stone I, I think they're amazing and you know, they really inspired me to go work for music, all of it. Well, JB, thank you so much for um, thank you. answering these questions so generously. Thanks so much. 